0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. It is nice to be with you this afternoon. And uh, you know what? Maybe I should just stay home forever. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. No, we're not at the end of porch tour. We are at the end of porch tour, but I'm not I'm not calling a quit on porches, but I got, I got some fucking awesome jokes coming at you on this episode, or at least I'm excited about them. But before we get into all the news of today, first thing I'd like to mention is the pilgrimage of the porch. It is a sacred ritual for all fans of the Run Your Mouth podcast to make it to one of the destinations. Sure, am I going to be right in your city? Am I going to be in your backyard? I don't know. Did you invite me to your porch? If you didn't invite me to your porch, then you can't complain about the fact that I'm not actually in your backyard throwing a party. I could have done that. All you have to do is send me an email at Rob's and have enough friends that are willing to spend $20 on a ticket that we can afford a flight and that maybe I can bring one of my friends with me and then we can put on a show. But if you didn't send me that email and I didn't decline playing in your backyard, then it's on you to make the pilgrimage of the porch and to show up to one of the fine locations. And guess what? This month, there's still a bunch of locations that you can show up to, starting with this Saturday in Las Vegas with BK Chris. None other than Luis J. Gomez showing up to do a guest spot. And hopefully I can, uh, you know, poke at him enough that will stick around for a live pod because I think that would be fun. But, you know, he might have, like, UFC things to attend. Big shot. So we'll see. But he's definitely gonna be there doing some stand up. Uh, and so that's all you West Coast people. If you didn't show up to uh to LA, you didn't show up when I was in uh Seattle, this is your opportunity. Get in the car this Saturday. You don't want to be without your spiritual guidance for a whole year, knowing that you weren't one with the porch. What else we got? We've got Washington, DC. Uh, it's Arlington if you want to be a dick about it. All right, fine. I didn't get a dig in DC. It's Arlington. Uh, we got Max's house which is really, that's the one that everyone should be showing up to. Then of course we got uh Jeff Douglas throwing us a barbecue and then uh, forest Mommies. I just did a podcast by the way, go check that out. All right, let's get into some, before we get into the news, I want to, I want to call out uh, companies for uh, for spam emails. Cause I've noticed they've ruined a crucial feature of my email inbox, which is sometimes you bought a product and you're like, Hey, Maybe I should repurchase that product. Or maybe you booked an appointment with a doctor at one point in your life. You're like, hey, you know, I kind of like that doctor. Or maybe you have a flight that you've taken and you've purchased a flight. And now you go into your inbox and you're like Spirit Airlines. And all you have from them is 45 emails about, would you like to buy a bag, good sir? Or maybe you bought a mattress and you want to buy something for, you want to figure out, I got a queen here, I got a double-sized mattress, I got a triple half-double. I, I got a midget plus. What kind of fucking mattress do I have here? And so all you want to do is go into your inbox and see what kind of mattress you have so you know if you're buying the right size sheets because you've realized that sleeping on the bed without any sheets, it's time to grow up. You don't want to be doing that. So you, you want to buy the proper size seat for your mattress and you're like, oh, I could probably just look at my email inbox, go to Lisa and then see what kind of a mattress I bought. Then I would know the side. No, they've sent you 95 billion emails since then letting you know about all their deals and discounts on the other mattresses. Hey, you already bought one of our mattresses and we know that you're a single guy, wouldn't Wouldn't you like to line your entire floor with mattresses? Maybe even padded walls? I mean, how many mattresses? Maybe send me an email in 10 years. You can follow up and go, hey there, disgusting single individual. We've been following you online, so we know that we're single. And if we know anything about single men, it's that they don't like taking care of shit. And so your mattress at this point is probably disgusting. Because let's be honest, you know you've gone through some stretches where you didn't have sheets on your mattress." Well, lucky for you, we've got the poor piece of shit discount for single men that nobody loves, uh, and we're going to send you a discount on mattress. Just send me one mattress in 10 years. I mean, one email in 10 years. I don't need all your spam emails between the time of purchase till the next time I want to look you up. I can find you my inbox. I got to be honest. I even, I like the promotions tab. I'm a fan of the promotions tab. It's like when I used to get flyers in the mail as a kid. And then sometimes you'd get the ones that uh, were sent to other members of your family, but it had raw pictures and in, in the pre-porn days. And then you got really good at stealing and lying to people. That was a good time as a kid. When you had to learn how to steal and lie, that sets you up for a job and sales in the future. That's the one good part about going to school and, you know, having to get through days where you didn't do any homework is uh, you get good at sales. So it wasn't all bad. Uh, but promotion tab, big fan of the promotion tab. You get to sometimes see when things are on sale. You get to go to a website. I feel like I work in sales and marketing. I respect when other people are doing it well. If you've never been into your promotions tab, it's a good time. There might be a band that you like coming into town tomorrow, and they just sent you an email. Hell, all the spamming I do, it probably ends up in people's promotions tab. Promotion tab, you get bored. It's better than just browsing in the mall. It's right in your inbox. They're sending you the email directly. Sometimes b lets me know that something's on sale. It's a good time in the promotions tab. Everything else, though, get it out of my inbox. If I want to look up what my flight is, why is finding my flight so difficult? Like, Google's fucking creepy. Sometimes you go to a location, it says on the bottom, oh, you've been to this location 20, I don't want you to know that, Google. Google, you shouldn't know how many times, why are you keeping records of how many times I'm going to the whorehouse? I don't go to whorehouses. It just came to mind. thought it was a funny example. I don't know why I keep making all these prostitute jokes. I'm not that cool. I don't have prostitute money. Help me bring Run Your Mouth Next Level. And it could just become the prostitute show. You know, Newsroom at gmail.com. If you want to fund uh, the Run Your Mouth Project so that we can stop talking about the news and just start doing prostitute reviews, uh, we could get to that level. All right. You know what? Let's talk about Nancy Pelosi going over to Taiwan. Uh, Nancy's Pelosi nuance goes global. That's the New York Post uh, title I wrote. For all I know, they wrote that today. I haven't even read the post. Maybe I'm a big old hack. Or maybe I thought of it first, and since I brought that into the ether, they were able to steal it. Who the who? Who know? Who knows how this simulation actually works? Uh, and you know, good for Nancy just bitching out China. You know, just uh, she she's looking at over at China, and she's going, "Listen, you shut us down with this fucking Fauci virus. Yeah, you wouldn't let us investigate, you guys. Uh, you wouldn't admit that it was you. Uh, we're still not letting. We're still not refusing to pay off our debts, and we're continuing to trade with you." So you know what, to get you guys back, I'm gonna visit Taiwan. This whole thing, you know, all right, here, here's what makes, uh, what makes me a little bit of, uh, you know, I'm a scaredy cat, and I understand playground dynamics from having gone to a nice, very expensive Jewish private school where no one ever got picked on because everyone was a bunch of nerds. Uh, and so you never really had to deal with bullying ever because they were small classes. And I was probably, I mean, I wasn't the big kid, but there certainly wasn't that much of a bigger kid. And certainly there wasn't anyone that knew how to fight and there weren't even all that many kids from these divorce broken homes that were, you know, looking to pick on other kids. So you didn't really have to worry about that. But even so, I have a perfect understanding of playground dynamics. And here's the way that you approach a playground. If you're the biggest, bulliest in the entire fucking yard and you want to beat the shit out of people because you can beat the shit out of people and you're an asshole and that's what you get off on. Just make sure that you're actually the meanest and biggest or at least with like reasonable risk, because there's nothing worse. than you show up to that bully yard, and you think you're the meanest biggest, but then Jackie Chan's there, and, and he looks like he's all thin, but then that guy, he knows all the fucking karate, and he chops off your neck in front of the whole class. Just boom, right through your neck, and spray guzzling. Your corpse falls over. All the other kids are crying, and you thought that you were going to be the old big old bully, but turns out Jackie Chan's got fucking karate chops right off your neck, blood splurts, and everyone's like lifts him up like, oh, this is really the the schoolyard hero. All right, here's the point I'm trying to make. Unless you know that you're the meanest, biggest, baddest bully on the whole damn yard, you don't start picking fights. You don't walk around and poke at people. I know nothing about Taiwan. I mean, it looks like it's a part of China. I'm just saying, if I look at a map and you tell me that that's China, I'm like, all right, fair enough, looks like China. And then, I mean, why, why do we even need this relationship with Taiwan? If we just put $500 billion or whatever into our microchip industries, we really need all the like. And I'm not saying... Let's not dick over the Taiwanese people because that's really what you're doing when you pretend like you're supporting these people. And then all of a sudden shit goes down. And you're like, ah, we never. Then all of a sudden you turn into Fauci. I I, I never said it. I never said I never said I was going to support you. I never I made a recommendation that maybe you work with us and, you know, we could be uh, pals and we could work together. I never said, though, if something went to shit that I was going to supply. I, I never said that. I never said these vaccines work. It, it, it becomes an instant walk back. I mean, that's what we like to do. We like to hold hands, pretend like we're dating people. And then all of a sudden they get sick. We're like, I'm out of this relationship. I never said we were dating. So I don't really understand why she's got to go over there. What, what? What is this accomplished going over there and pissing off the Chinese? I mean, we just pissed off Russia. We pushed them into a war with Ukraine. That's not going too great. I mean, we're going to need some allies somewhere. I mean, especially if you're still trying to push the angle that China's not supposed to just be working with Russia. Right. Unless uh, unless Monica Perez is 100 percent right that we're purposely trying to create a new division where we want China, Russia and India to do their own thing. And then we'll take our hemisphere and it's going to be like pretending like everything that ever happened is their fault. And then we'll create a new currency over there. Maybe that's what we're going for. We're, we're, we're poking at this bear. But I would think unless you're really doing that, which maybe they are, maybe that maybe that's why the puzzle piece that makes this whole thing make sense. You would be trying to still kind of court China. At least till the Russia thing's over. You know, that's the way it works on the school year. You got to make sure you got your allies and you take out one person at a time. I mean, I would think some people must have an understanding of this. But she's going over there she's stirring up some shit. I don't understand what's going on. I'm like, I don't know that much about Taiwan. Let me look this up. Let me do a little bit of research. Let me see what the official U.S. policy is in regard to Taiwan, why this thing is such a big deal. And you know what I came across? This is the official policy of the United States government. It's We look for strategic ambiguity. Uh, which is, you know, right off the bat, the title says it all. Cause I don't even know what that strategy is, but I can tell you if there's one person who we could select to send out there to not make sense, I guess Nancy Pelosi is a perfect pick. If you want to send someone over to the other side of the world with their strategic mission to not add clarity to a situation, it would be her Kamala. Those would be my two top picks. Uh, So I guess in that regard, you know, this is, this is the right angle here. You've got someone who's purposely not going to be able to make any sense. Uh, I And what is a strategy of strategic ambiguity? I'd like to see those meetings where, uh, you know, someone gets up and he's like, sir, we have no clarity or uniform policy on this, but that's our strategy. And they're like, all right, well, how many people we got working on this? And they're like, departments, billions of dollars. And they're like, all right, continue doing something we can't monitor. You know what strategic ambiguity is? it's pretending like we're an ally with someone until things shit hits the fan. That's what it is. It's, it's what we did to Ukraine. It's, uh, what we did in the, I think the Bay of Pigs. I don't know. I don't know my history that well. Uh, and, uh, the one thing, I guess this is a win for Nancy because look at how important she gets to look. She gets to travel to the other side of the world. Uh, she gets to, you know, people are just like, by the way, They were waiting at the airport for her like it was the Pope. I I think they thought that she was going to bring her stock picks or something. Everyone was standing there clapping. I mean, how many people did they have to hire to pretend like they even knew who the fuck Nancy Pelosi was? Like, as if Nancy Pelosi shows up to the other side of the world and people are actually excited to see Nancy Pelosi, she's not that interesting. Her tits don't look that good. I mean, for an old lady, by the way, my most recent theory, I saw a picture of Nancy Pelosi Young, she's hanging out with uh, JFK. She ain't got no tits at all. I got into this on Forest Mommy's podcast. You guys can go check that out and show up end of summer report store, uh which will be at her Forest establishment. But anyways, I think she stole Marilyn uh, Marilyn Monroe's tits. I think that's what happened. She wanted and then since then, she's been seeking out baby parts you know, keeping the things fresh, email me robsnewsman at gmail.com. If you have more evidence of Nancy Pelosi stealing the organs or body parts off of the Hollywood elite, uh, I'd like to cover it out in Vegas. Uh, so people are waiting at the airport. They're clapping for Nancy. They're looking forward to all of her stock picks, you know? And uh, of course, the warning back from China, because everyone's like, this is going to start World War III, which I don't think it will. But the big threat from China, this is what they had in the news, is that China warned that it will not sit buy idly and not much of a threat. Like, you know, I don't think the Chinese people just sit on their couches. I think they work all day and smoke cigarettes. Yeah, we know you're not just going to sit around. We know that. You'll probably uh, continue inventing technologies and evil policies that will, uh, you know, result in us somehow having the CCP over here with uh, Chinese credits and full monitoring of all of our activities because our global, our elites are so invested into your system that you somehow managed to take control of our country without invading us. I would think that I, I don't think you guys are just sitting by idly. That's the, but the whole thing, I think it was Nancy Pelosi going, look at me, look at how important I am. You know, you guys are talking about my stock trades. You feel like I don't do anything. You want to see how important I am. I'll go piss off those people. I'll really showcase how much news I can make. And I've got a better idea. You want to showcase how important you are. You want an easier way to get press every six months. You just got to declare, a declaration of changing of of genders. You don't even need to change genders. What you do is you get in front of the media and you do an exploratory committee where you're looking into the possibility of a, of a gender chain. All you got to do is, Hey, listen, I, I never felt that comfortable. You know, I don't, I don't sleep regular hours. I eat a lot of junk food. I drink all the time and I watch a lot of porn. Uh, and all of that, I, I don't think I'm miserable because of any of those things I'm doing. I think it's because maybe if I was the other gender, then I wouldn't feel the need to do all these other things. I don't think the activities I'm engaged in are making me miserable. So that's the new way. If you want to need some press just every six months, you don't even need to change the genders. You just, uh, you, you get you drum up the press. You go, Hey, listen, I, I want to be he for a little bit. And then you get real mad at people if they don't address you by the new words. And then there, there you go. You're in the media. You don't have to go to other countries. You don't have to stir up some problems. All right, we're going to have some guests on in a minute, but before we do that, um, I do want to bring the latest, to change, the science to monkeypox. Before we do, let's uh, we can take a couple comments. We've got Dave, Sarah. Hell yeah. Uh, Luke speech news tweet, giving me a ha ha. Dave Sarah saved Taiwan from Nancy Pelosi's big tits. I'm okay with that. Um, I snapped on the bike ride that my ramps out of the skate and I'm banned from the park. The cops were better bullies. All right. Sorry, buddy. Hi, Robbie. Uh, I listened to all of my podcasts on 1.5 X. Can you talk faster? Sure. Absolutely. Well, you already have me at 1.5X. 1, 1. How much uh, How much faster do you need me to talk? All right. So I would like to uh, come in here uh, and address the changing science of monkeypox. I've had some reflecting that I had to do after our conversation with the doctor who gave us all the clarifications. And it's becoming clear to me that monkeypox is not just a gay disease. Uh, in order to have more accurate coverage of this, I think it would be better to describe it as a disease that one gay guy got after having sex with a monkey and then threw a bunch of piss parties and escalated to the fact that it was a pandemic that could affect any of us. I just want to work on being more compassionate. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, the initial coverage of this was wrong. And so I feel like we should, uh, you know, I don't want to be coming off too big of it. So we should better reflect the reality of the situation that it's not just a gay disease. It's just something that they're at fault for. You know what I mean? I just, I feel like some of the other things that I've said, we're probably wrongful and hurtful to the community. And you know, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to be better. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to better reflect and not make silly jokes that, you know, might come off like I was actually being offensive in some way. So I just want to make sure that like everything I'm saying is a little bit more above board and accurate. Um, so to clarify, it's not only the gay community, it's just the fault of the gay community. So I just want to make sure that everyone understands uh, that I do apologize uh, for for my earlier remarks, and uh, like I said, I'm I'm trying to drop the jokes and just be a little bit more straight and narrow here. Um, so, with that being said, now that we found out. Uh, that this is something we can all get, I'm going back to my earlier position, which is just go get this thing early. Just go out there. Even if you're not gay, go participate in an orgy. Just just get this one done. You don't want to be stuck in your house. like Because originally I'd said that this was the best approach. Then I thought that maybe it was just an issue, within. The, but then it turned out we're all going to get it. And so I don't want to be sticking at home, you know, worried about getting it. So you might as well just get out there. That, that's all I'm trying to say. Um, and while I'm trying to be more courteous to these other communities of people, um, you know, just trying to do my part to making sure that everyone feels comfortable uh, and empowered and that I that the Run Your Mouth podcast is a uh, bigotry free operation, uh, a beacon of hope for all men. Uh I came across a post on Twitter. Not every post on Twitter is accurate, but you know, th- th- that's the best source of information these days. Um, and the post was from Ramsey Paul. Even straight men who occasionally engage in anal sex with other men can get monkeypox. So, straight men who occasionally engage in anal sex. So, this was the post. I have monkeypox. Careful out there. Day seven. It's located on the place a man would least want it to be. Quite uncomfortable, though not super painful yet. It's so new that it feels like even the healthcare people I've dealt with don't really know anything and are minorly afraid of me. At Urgent Care, they were treating me like I was patient zero at the movie Outbreak. Also, it felt pretty awkward telling my job and parents, given the fact that it's basically the gay disease in the media. As a usually straight person who dabbles in non-straight sex occasionally, it was pretty awkward to basically uh, a 35-year-old be outed by getting this. My mom was throwing out some awkward questions, LOL. Um, so first is, uh, isn't this stigmatized, like now we've got this new category of people that we shouldn't be stigmatizing, which is gays that don't want to be gay. And isn't that anti-gay that you don't want to be in the gay category? Cause I would think like, it's okay to be gay and that there's just nothing gayer than pretending like you aren't just like be gay. You know what I mean? Like you don't walk around going to all your friends. Like, you know, we all suck a little bit of dick, right? hey, we're all making out with our friends, right? Like, it's weird that you both celebrate the category, but then for some reason, you don't want to be in it. It just seems to me like it's more bigoted. It's almost like they pretend like the only reason any of us are straight is because we've never tried sticking our dicks in people's, like, you know what I mean? It's almost like they like, no, this is really good. Like, I know you think you don't like it, but I feel like if you tried it, we'd all, like, like, they almost don't even want the category anymore. Like I thought the old, it gets very confusing. It's like, uh, I find some minority groups, they, before it was, we don't see color. Now it's, they want to be, uh, uh, different, but special. And now you've got, Hey, we're supposed to recognize, uh, you know, the minority groups, but then, you know, people, for some reason, they shouldn't be stigmatized for being in the minority group and not wanting to be in the minority group. Shit's getting confusing. Uh, all right. Now, here's the last story that I want to cover. And then we got some uh, some real news topics, big guests coming on. So this was uh, what to know about the allegations against Deshaun Watson. So I don't know that much about this guy. Apparently, star quarterback, just got himself a big-ass contract. And uh, he got in trouble. Apparently, he liked going to massage parlors. I guess there were some uh, allegations against him that he was escalating non-sexual massages into sexual massages. Uh, And honestly, I didn't pay attention to any of the details of the story because my takeaway right off the bat is you would think that the United Prostitutes of America would get this man back, or maybe at least the Union of Nightwalkers, or where's the Creamsters? Where are all the fine working whores of America getting up there to support this young man? They should be giving him an endorsement deal. You know why? This is a top level athlete who's picking, he's endorsing your brand. You know, this guy, he could be going out there clubbing. He could be going hitting up bars. He could hell, he could be on Tinder or Bumble. This guy's a gorgeous multimillionaire star athlete. Think about all the places that he could be going to get himself some pussy, but he wants to support the honest, hardworking prostitutes of America. He goes, listen, I don't like the trouble of having to hit a lady up on Tinder and going, hey, I've got this mansion. I got this hot tub and I know all these other NFL players, and you can come party at my house, and I've got a pile of blow. He doesn't want to go through all that. No. He wants to support the good, honest, hardworking prostitutes of America. And sure, maybe he had a couple miscommunications with some ladies, but he tried to settle that outside of court. And here's what probably happened. I bet the first time he went for a massage, he's like, wait a second, They'll, they'll jerk you off in this place? And he probably didn't know. And then he's like, no wonder people like massages. Can you imagine if the first time you went to get a massage, you got jerked off? And then the second time you thought that was gonna happen, and then it didn't, you'd be like, Whoa, wait a second. What I thought, I thought I'd get blown in these places. Like I could see why you would become upset about that. Um, so I'm just surprised that he's not getting a full endorsement deal from the Prostitute Associations of America. And I think there's something wholesome about these, you know, super elite people like Hunter Biden who go, listen, I don't want to spend time with normal women. I'd rather, I'd rather get it the working man's way by paying for it. Is that the working man's way? Is this a healthy perspective? I don't know. All right, let's take a second and plug one of our fine sponsors for today, which is of course the only people who will sponsor nonsense like this, the only brand out there that goes, I don't care what kind of nonsense you want to say on your podcast. I don't care if I get letters from companies who are disappointed with our decision. I don't care. We're out here and we're supporting it all. And you know that brand is it's none other than YoKratom.com. Home of a sixty dollar kilo. The only company in the entire go find another company with sixty dollar kilos. That's what happens if you can get into a market with the best product at the best prices. Then all of a sudden you've got fuck you money. You've got, hey, we can support any content we want kind of money. That's what happens when you get the best product at the best prices. You turn into the biggest gangster of the whole Kratom scene. And the other guys are going, How do you how do you have the cash to support people who will say nonsense like this? And then and that to them, that's like the nicest Ferrari of all is when you can support the actual content that you like, because you got the best product on the market. So shout out to Kratom.com, home of the sixty dollar kilo, and it's time for my guest. Except I'm early. You know, usually I try and I try and time these things out pretty good, and usually I actually go longer than I would have thought. I mean, three minutes—that's not bad. I, it, you guys don't watch clocks. I know you. You're just listening to the show, enjoying the show. This is like when uh, on stage, comic starts talking about the joke. You don't know that I'd be looking at the clock for when a guest comes on at a very specific juncture in time. You wouldn't want even want to know those details. As far as you know, what do you care about time? When you're listening to Run Your Mouth, you're trying to get through your day job and forget about time. You don't want to be hearing about clocks. You don't want to be hearing about the minutes. All right, let's take a couple comments, and then uh, hopefully our uh, our guest will uh, hop on. I'm actually going to pull this off the screen for a second. That way I can make sure that he got the link. All right, it should be on in a couple minutes. All right, what do you guys got? Um, Sterling W., it's just straight people. Doing gay stuff. That doesn't make them gay. Fair enough. You know, it's a new world that we live in. How am I supposed to uh, know all these rules? Sterling W. It's just like those people that have sex with kids sometimes. <laughs> that doesn't make them a pedo there you go if it's every once in a while you're not in the category it's just it's just a casual work end down at Epstein's island we all take a break from not being pedos every once in a while heather rivera how do you know you don't like sucking dick till you suck a few dicks you know you guys are all making good points in the chat today let's welcome our guests to the str- uh, to the stream wait let me uh give you a uh, equal billing stuck into mid how we doing how we doing today
1: I'm good. I'm good. Mike, check, mic check. How am I sounding? How you doing?
0: Oh, we're good. We're live. It's a pleasure to be with you. Osiris, right? I have that right? Yep. Yep. Excellent. And uh, how's the podcast coming along? I think I first spoke to you when you were kind of early into the journey. I like the content. How's it coming along?
1: Man, I have good news for you. Like, Ooh, I if like you good news. Yeah. If you would have told me in 2020 that I would have signed up to be a member of the Libertarian National Party, I would have told you like are you crazy (laughs) and so my progression man it just feels good to be building with so many people like with you and others and um, i'm really finding who i am that's the number one finding a community and finding out who i really am
0: i like it all right so let's delve into because uh I'll, i'll say you were right uh, people posted a uh, uh, a video of Trump. I was about to hop on it. I got all excited. I was like, we busted the guy. I'll give it a little bit of context. There was a video of him at um, uh, at the DeVos uh, Great Reset. Let's take over the universe with socialism event. Uh, and there's a video of him walking around with uh, who's the guy? Who's the who's the real evil guy? I always forget his name. Schlaus, Carla, yeah. something and you get Trump doing classic Trump. He goes, oh, it, is great. They're doing great work. I love this guy. We're going to do such great things together. And so people took that clip. They put it online. And it looked like it was from that week and that Trump had jumped the shark. That's what it looked like. It looked like Trump was now teaming up And people tweeted all sorts of stuff. And I was ready to hop on it and do a full episode. I was going to do zero research and be like, oh, man, fuck, we got Trump. Look, he's one of them. He joined them. And then it turns out that he that's from like three years ago. He had given a full speech, basically anti everything that the great reset people were doing. And that was a weird clip that people found. So I'll hand it back to you. Cause you were on it right away when you were like, all right, this is some bullshit. And I appreciated that you were kind of on Twitter going, I thought I was going to have to defend the video <laughs> and that this was going to be more of a debate. But once the dust settled, it was pretty clearly out of context. So I'll hand it back to you. Cause you were, you were on that right away.
1: Yeah. And uh, the standpoint I'm coming from is I want the libertarian party to look good. That's my number one concern. I'm open to the discussion about Trump being the op or whatever. I don't think it makes sense, but I trust no one. The problem I had with that interaction was specifically the, the account and no, nothing against them. I'm just providing feedback and what happened. And really we can learn from this, the Libertarian New Hampshire account replied under that video of the three sec- second clip. And then a big heavy hitter came in. So that clip comes out and it's going viral. And like you said, I didn't know what it was. I was like, I don't know. what. It, why did Trump always says that kind of stuff? But Jack Polcevic came in because Jack Polcevic, if you don't know, this is probably the most prominent populist right account on Twitter. Has, over I think, over a million followers. And he came in and his goal was to make sure that he stopped that video from going viral because it was out of context. So the Libertarian uh, account came under it and was talking about it. And when Jack uh, replied to it, they should have stayed, uh, in my opinion, they should have kept away from the video. Because when you messed with Jack Posavec, he has tons of followers and he only picks battles he can win. So notice, I criticize Trump all the time on his handling of the pandemic. Jack Polsavec has never replied to anybody about it because he can't defend it. So all Jack Polsavec wanted to do was stop the video from going viral. He didn't care about anything else. So that's why I jumped in and said, hey, Libertarians, be careful. Let me ask you this, Robbie. Uh, to me, there seems like there is some overlap with Libertarians and the populist right. I'm talking about Bannon and and back. Cause for example, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she wants to abolish the ATF. She has a bill right now. They're not gonna put it I, up for a vote. What do you think?
0: No, I actually think um, it- most conservatives, if you actually talk to them about like philosophy and what they'd like to see from government, they're actually libertarians. And here's the one difference. They want to win. So a lot of conservatives remain in the conservative party because they're like, yeah, I understand that there's elements that like are not my philosophy and there's elements that I don't like, but I hate the liberals so much. I want to be on a winning team. And this is my only option. I think if the libertarian party got to a point where even just joining, then force the conservatives to actually better reflect their values. They would be on board with it. But like I'm just saying from like an actual philosophical standpoint, the especially the populist Republicans who are America first, they don't want to see these wars. They're probably not super pro cop or super pro drug laws. They're probably abortions, not their number one issue. They're not the Christian right. If you really boiled it down, I think they're they're libertarians. They're either not aware of us or they prefer the Republican Party because they have this feeling of like, well, I wanna be on a winning team.
1: Yes, so in response to that, I totally agree. Is is it fair to say that libertarians, strategic, forget about Trump being the op or not, irrelevant. I want libertarians to do well. So strategically, don't you need to be careful if you're going to so so many people ended up in this maga lane because they got pushed out from the corporate nonsense they voted for obama and they were like wait I don't like what obama did and the democrats you know became this the the party of the university indoctrinated people and the working class all became maga if you don't believe in the corporate democrats and republicans you are maga whether you like it or not so it doesn't make sense to say libertarians I want you to distinguish the difference, but don't you have to be careful if you attack the figurehead Trump. They're like, wait a second. I already got pushed from the corporate Democrats. Trump is that bulldozer to get into D.C. and now you're telling me he's an op. And then now Pulsevec is tweeting libertarians in general are you know, misleading on this video. Isn't that kind of concerning?
0: Um. I don't know. <laughs> the answer is it's a, I'm not like that in in the political uh, mm. strategy lane. So mm. I, I think the question is, like, how do we get more people interested in what we're doing? Right. So on the one hand is pointing out that the other product is bad. Does that maybe help us, P- particularly with Trump, who, in my opinion, like Trump di- Trump, start Trump stands for Trump. That's really mm. the only person that Trump cares about. And he suckered a lot of people and his worst victims are actually the people that participate on January six, mm. the people that showed up and then got suckered into up into the momentum of that. And now we're sitting in jail. And then he just left them to hang dry. I think if there's ever been any proof of the fact that Trump's just looking out for Trump, it, it was that Trump didn't get people the wall. He didn't. And by the way, and then particularly on like the, being the outside, anti-deep state guy. Like what I would have liked to seen from him more than anything was to pardon Assange, which he didn't do at the end. And I know why he didn't do it. It's because they kind of told him, I think McConnell sat him down and was like, listen, if you don't want this entire machine coming after you, you're not going to go ahead and do the following things. Um, so the, an- the, the answer is, I don't know. Is there a way to bring them, bring the MAGA people into the movement without offending them for having supported Trump? Or are we better off at kind of shattering the illusion that Trump wasn't what they're looking for, but we might actually be able to offer them what they're looking for? That's that, that, that that's kind of the gamble.
1: Everything you just said, based. So to me, I want the Libertarian Party to be based and based in fact and just solid. So if you come up with specifics like that, I've talked about it. You know who else? Tucker Carlson talked about it, too, um, how, J, how Trump kind of left them out, the J6ers out to hang uh so absolutely so if you bring up specifics like that great if you're going to say trump is a globalist or a psyop that's an ad hominem that's not the way to do it if you do it like you just did there why didn't he do assange i understand it was tough but l- the libertarian parties like the graduate from maga to the libertarian party i agree with you
0: no and i i guess the it, making loose claims like hey donald trump is uh actually controlled opposition unless you had some really good at like we're, we're kind of supposed to be the uh the people based in facts and reason and better mm-hmm. arguments so unless you have really good evidence to support that or you're specifically trying to troll and be funny, but it's kind of clear to people that are smart enough to know that you're trolling and being funny. Mm-hmm. Like you can have misses, dude. I throw out yeah. jokes all the time oh, that yeah. are fucking misses. Yeah. So, you know, if that's what you're angling for. Uh, with that being said, you did an entire video kind of breaking down why you thought it was very clear that Trump was not controlled opposition and was actually one of the biggest exposes of the deep state. So I'll hand it back to you if you want to kind of lay out some of your evidence. Because I thought you had good okay. you had good support for it.
1: Yeah, it's you know, I still I'm still open to it, but it doesn't make sense when I mean they spied on the dude before he was even president like this. When when anyone associated with that guy has a court case in D.C., whether it's well, you know, Sussman was with Hillary Clinton, but the jury was all biased in his favor. Um, whether it's Stone or Bannon, they all are completely ostracized. Peter Navarro allegedly taken out in handcuffs, uh, you know, shackles because uh, he's associated with Trump. And they're looking at potentially indicting him. I mean, so that's a, that's a black lives matter. The whole movement, literally, if you go on the website and look at their list of demands, the number one demand is not to let Donald Trump run for office. So the whole thing is ops against Trump. So is it an op against the op? I mean, it's possible, but that's kind of crazy.
0: All right. And then I watched uh, your video. I'll just hand this back to you because I just thought it was such a funny opener where you're like, your number one goal in life is just not to be a slave. Like, if you had to break (laughs) down what your goals are, that would be the starting point.
1: (laughs) Man, these the black identitarians and I don't say that to be mean that's what they are when i say identitarians they look at color of skin before anything right. you say and you know they talk about reparations and i've had good conversations with them i am not pro reparations myself but i tell them i'm not your enemy let's talk and i say we talk about slavery american slavery what's the biggest takeaway That's probably my strongest strength is just finding what's the biggest takeaway. don't do that. Just avoid that. That's not a good one. (laughs) It's so simple. Yes. And so I say they want reparations. I'm like, I'm not even getting to that level. This isn't the only takeaway, but what's the biggest takeaway? Our ancestors got conquered by someone. They made you do work and not get paid. So that's you became a slave. There's slaves in the world today, right now. The number one goal, wouldn't the number one goal of people so obsessed with slavery be not to be enslaved now? And you go down and you look at it, they're tied into the Democrat Party. They, they aren't acknowledging when you know the Democrats are manipulating race for their own power. I mean, we might be on the path to getting enslaved now. Don't look back at the past too much because you might hit something if you're not looking ahead in the future.
0: I also it's such a uh, I, like I, I would say this is on the corporate press, but the fact that there still is slavery in the world and that's not the focus of like most outrage like you would think that they would open up the news almost every night. Like we almost pretend like we're living in a way more moral world than we are living in. But you almost think they would just like give a little bit of context of uh, we'd like to, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the following people in the following countries who are currently still sl- and then you can move on to every other topic but like it, you know what i mean it's like we've almost it, it's almost crazy that we don't have more outrage towards the countries that still engage in that and that like also we don't realize how, how good we have it here
1: yeah they, they don't care about slavery you've got slavery in india china north korea nigeria i mean i i responded to someone and i said how many devices and it applies to me and you and all of us how many devices do we have now and uh, We don't know whether it was or not, but how many devices were in part built by people who were basically slaves? We don't even know to care.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. There's really no, like, where, you know what I mean? It's like... Mm. I guess not cool. I don't know what else more to say about that. Um. All right, so let's talk about the other topic that was in the news, which was Nancy Pelosi's going over to Taiwan. I don't understand it in any capacity. I don't get the situation over there. I just look at what's going on in Russia, and I'm like, can we just not be picking other fights? Curious to hear if you had any thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's reckless, and I don't know what the purpose is. I'll have to do some research today. I was trying to figure out what she was doing. I guess she did a press conference. I have not seen that yet. I'm very interested. Taiwan is important. Uh, have you heard this, Robbie, that there's a lot of uh, manufacturing of these chips that we use in all our, all our devices? And I want us to get away from that. Now, I understand with the history of Taiwan. I'm not an expert on it, but I just know in you know General Mao... They had the Civil War and General Mao took over the mainland. And then the the national dissidents who didn't want to get unlived went to Taiwan. And then they that's where they settled. So China keeps on saying it's it's really us. Taiwan is China. Well, it's not because if you you if it really were, you wouldn't have to say that. Like the US doesn't say Alaska is the US. You know it is. So there's that beef there, but I am uncomfortable with the United States involved with a small island country off the coast of China that's – how many – I don't know, 7,000 miles away from – halfway across the globe? Like, why are we even involved there?
0: Or you might think, like, if there was – I don't know. I really don't know the history. But, like, you would think if there's some sort of a contested history and China's very interested in it, maybe not make it such an important strategic partner. Like, even if I were to look at, like, you know – I don't know if you looked at Palestine, right? And I was like, "Hey, we're going to go put uh a 20 like a trillion dollars into Ramallah, uh and th- to ensure that they're going to be making like oxygen for us." We don't need oxygen. I'm just being ridiculous here. I might go like, "Yeah, why not just do that where like there isn't kind of like a war and problems. Like, we- if if we really need the thing, I don't know, maybe Canada, can we just do it from Canada?" Like I don't think we're going to end up with a problem with Canada. It just doesn't sound smart to be that reliant on uh, you know, and I'm just looking at that from a total self-interest standpoint is like, why did you create a strategic partner with what might be a contested area? Other than that, you're like looking for a reason to be picking a fight with China.
1: Yeah, it's America. We 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 offshored all these jobs and they're they're trying to do bills right now to start doing manufacturing of these chips here in the U.S. because we're very vulnerable right now. But the, 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 straight, the, the straight there in between China and Taiwan is a big kind of uh, area to you know monitor for trade and all kinds of stuff. So whoever has control of that has a lot of control. So it's almost like we're playing a game of risk. And uh, I, I, will, I just want to make sure I say this. I got into some interactions on, on Twitter about people. The, the populist right again, aligns with libertarians very often. They're they're non-interventionist. So that's another way that you have kind of allies in this. They don't want any war there. So I think there's confusion there. I just want to make sure that that's clear. The people who want war are the corporate Democrats, corporate uh, Republicans that want it.
0: By the way, I also don't think not wanting war necessarily even makes this weak to other people. Because I think, if anything, if you take a very we're not looking for war philosophy then I think people don't, well, I, I I'll give the funny example. I've said like having like this giant military to me, if you're looking to trade and kind of have good relationships with other countries, it's like showing up to a di- first date with a divorce lawyer. It's like, that's the wrong tool, right? That's not like, why would I pretend like I'm trying to get along with you? Like, that's not the way that relationships are built mm-hmm. to me you take the philosophy of like, you make it very clear. We're not looking to bully anyone. We're not looking to have any wars. We're looking to trade with other people who are interested in having free trade. And if you're willing to do that, we'd like to work with you. We're not going to war. I think those people still realize the amount of, like if we were to invest in no military from here on out, I think we probably still have everything to mostly be ahead of other people for the next 20, 30. I mean, we got a lot of fucking shit. Even if we didn't have as much as we had, I still think people would go like, all right, they don't want to fight us, but that's because we're not fucking with them. You know what I mean? Like, you don't yeah. like you don't always need to be the aggressor to be the per- like, for example, like I've watched like movies sometimes like the biggest dude no one fucks with that guy because they know yeah. that if I do well, he's real calm right now. He might not be that calm if I start with him. You know what I mean? Like, you don't always need to be the barking little dog to kind of prove that you're strong. You can just be like the quiet, strong one that people know like, oh, that guy's really cool right now, but I, you know what I mean? Like there, there's like a different energy to sometimes the biggest people in a room, which is that, you know, that if you piss them off, like, you know what I mean? You don't just walk around trying to piss those people off till they're angry. That's just not the, you know what I mean?
1: Yep. Yep. And that's what's happening. China hasn't had any um, type of serious. I know they had the the show of displays, but they haven't done anything serious because of that. That's why I like the libertarian approach. It's like, we're not aggressive. We're going to be strong but we're not, we're not gonna be aggressive. And that's something a lot of people are afraid of when I talk to people. It's always, I don't know if you listen to Eric July. Eric July is always like, people tell me ma China, ma China. What are we gonna do about ma China if we decentralize the, the federal government? That doesn't mean we're not gonna have protection. It just means we're not gonna be wasting, like you said, money on this. How much are we spending every year? It's like, a tr- uh, it's un- unfathomable amounts of money on what? Uh, every year, uh, we're going to be strong, but not wasting it like that.
0: Also, if there was a real fight, I'm just saying like, like China actually started, like, let's say China, let's just go theoretical. China Mm. invaded the United States of America. Who do you think is actually going to go, Oh, we got to go fight those people. It would be the populist, right? Your corporate Democrats, if they were here, would go, Oh, well, let's just play ball with the CCP so I can keep my dumb fucking office job. You know what I mean? Like they're exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So last topic, unless if you had anything else on uh, Nancy Pelosi, Taiwan, um, I did want to discuss this was making the rounds on Twitter. It's one of those things. that's almost like the Trump that I didn't have a chance to dig in and verify. Uh, but it, I think it was from Project Veritas. There was a leaked document from the FBI of, um, you know what? Let me I can pull it up on screen because I have it here.
1: Sure. Yeah. And we can, yeah, pull it up and we can talk about it in general because we don't know, you know, we can't verify it independently. But I think there's a big takeaway here.
0: Uh, So the document is called uh, Militia Violent Extremism. And one of the uh, titles of militia violent extremist groups are the anarcho. uh, I think it's anarcho capitalism. And then they have a flag and then commonly referenced historical imagery includes um. The, uh, you know, the classic LP flag. Um, so I'll let you kick this one off.
1: Yeah, my my big picture take on this is I am very big on, so I don't care about this symbolism. I don't even care if somebody's, you know, labeled as racist or whatever else. Um, they might still have good ideas. What I care about, though, is nonviolence. Uh, I am not going to associate with anybody who's, who isn't able to say I'm peaceful. I'm not looking for violence. And that's the distinction, because what they're trying to do is lump in, in my opinion, because I don't see any distinction on that if it's real. But in general, we've seen people on TV talking about libertarians on TV, talking about them being dangerous is trying to say somebody like Michael Malice is a danger to our country. They're trying to lump everyone. Who are, who are the other anarcho-capitalists out there? Uh, I know Eric July and others and then in general libertarians. So it's funny, libertarians talk about decentralization. They don't talk about violence, at least the ones that I roll with. So the, the, the government is labeling people as potential extremists because they don't think they should exist. Is that not a conflict of interest?
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think what what scares me about the playing around with the domestic terrorism title is that um, for we know that they're trying to do it. It's what they tried to do with uh, with uh, in Michigan when the FBI created its own news and they entrapped a bunch of losers to, you know, play pretend like they were going to go take over the governor. January 6th, they just tried on a trial. They tried pushing uh, the prosecutors, tried pushing for a domestic terrorism title Um that the guy was getting seven years and they wanted more because they wanted to say that the guy was a domestic terrorist. Uh, they keep pushing that there should be domestic terrorism. The most recent story is Jim Jordan says that he's got an FBI whistleblower leak of that. They're being told to basically classify more things as domestic terrorism. The idea being, and I watch these people on the news, uh, you go down the archive of part of the problem. We had an episode of Bill Maher where someone from the FBI was talking about why we need the domestic terrorism title. So firstly, a crime is a crime. We don't need anything more to it. If someone commits a crime, they committed a crime. We don't need a police for thought crimes. We don't need additional titles. That makes no sense. Your action is the problem. If you do something that's a harmful action, you go kill someone. doesn't matter if you, you know, call them a Jew beforehand. It does not matter. You killed someone. That's it. Beginning and end. Whatever the criminal. Uh, all right. The problem with the, the, the scary shit with what we're seeing here is that, they get to reference themselves as experts. It's kind of what Hillary Clinton was doing, as uh, the intelligence agency has said. So if you have, they get to create their own news. I've been on, our part of the problem group got removed off of Facebook. I've had content that's been repeatedly removed off of YouTube. All it takes is for a headline to say, the FBI has labeled this group as being domestic terrorists and look at how tech has even had to remove all their harmful content. Then all you got to do is take one quote that I've said, which I make jokes that don't sound like jokes. You would have to know I was joking. (laughs) And the joke is mostly that I said it. That is offense. I will literally say something that's offensive, not jokingly, that you would have to know that I'm saying it just because it's offensive. And that's why that's funny. You take that quote out of context and anyone reading that one paragraph goes, oh, yeah, this guy should be in jail. Not everyone, but I'm just saying fucking idiots. So it's a it's a scary reality that we live in that they're clearly pushing to label us as terrorists so that they can basically police us out of existence. That is their goal. If they can have it their way and they can get that gun tomorrow, like, don't be fooled. That is the agenda.
1: Yeah, they they are so good at slow boiling. Like, they're boiling water so slowly and we're in the pot. So they just take these these very baby steps. Where they misstepped was that this, um, this disinformation governance board, they kind of took a little big too, they turned up the heat a little bit too much and people kind of pushed back. So they're like, okay, we'll do it slower this time. And you're right, that where this leads to is me, you, people listening, labeled as a part of a hate group. And then once they do that, like you said, that's why they're putting all this, This hate stuff and all that stuff in, um, you know, in legislation, they're kind of saying, hey, this is a hate crime. This is not. So now we can lump you into that and then we can cut off your resources. No PayPal, no nothing. Same thing that happens to some of these other creators who are ostracized. We're seeing um, Alex Jones in his trial right now. They are they are trending towards complete. They're trying to. I don't think they're going to get there, but they're trying to get to complete annihilation of dissent.
0: I only have one thought on the uh, Alex Jones trial, um, and I have not fully, like, I, I haven't fully filed the ca- case, but just broad strokes, I, I mean, I'm not a big, are you an Alex Jones fan? I, it's not a guy that I've listened to a, a lot of.
1: Oh, Alex Jones is that dude. <laughs> now, oh, that really? That doesn't mean I agree with everything, right. but he is that dude. Yeah, I'm a fan.
0: So, the clip that I once came across, because he was just not a guy I grew up listening to, and then, like, he kind of came onto my radar when he got removed from YouTube and then I was like, super interested. I was like, all right, I got to go check this guy out. I turned on where whatever his new platform was. And he was just ranting about demons in a way that made zero sense to me. I was just like, OK, whatever. <laughs> like, I I, I I, had no content. I was just like, OK, fine. He's literally talking about pedophile demons from other. Ra- I'm like, OK, fine. I later came across this this clip, which I actually tweeted the other day, where he was went on this rant about eating his own neighbors. And it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. And not only was it the funniest thing I've ever heard, I've been doing comedy 11 years. I'm doing podcasts now five or six. I know the way I'm being funny and ridiculous. And I was like, oh, Alex Jones is better at this than I am. Like, that's what he's doing. Like, he's just he's mm-hmm. just being ridiculous. And I actually think what he does is he's very good poetically with themes. And so I don't necessarily think when he's talking about aliens, demons, but I think he's just making the stories a little bit more interesting. The same as I do when I start talking about Nancy Pelosi being a vamp, I don't think Nancy Pelosi is a vampire. That's a more interesting way of expressing the fact that she's evil, right? With that being said, when you've seen Alex Jones be this ridiculous, I don't understand how, uh, Tucker Carlson or, uh, Rachel Maddow can get off for, uh, being entertainers, where they can make what sounds like very much so statements of facts, and then that can be turned into, well, clearly no one would ever think that. No, they're literally the news station where they present what's supposed to be facts or at least their opinions, and they would have a responsibility. In the context of what Alex Jones does, I don't understand how you can interpret anything, as he says, as anything other than entertainment.
1: Yes. Uh, Well, no, he does. So he's a guy who does basically like a YouTube channel. He brings up articles. He is well-sourced on specific things. But when he gets off to some of the other stuff, he's being a little bit, he's an entertainer. That's one of the biggest things I learned about doing the podcast, and I'm still trying to do that, is how do you bring the news and talk about stuff while be en- being entertaining? That's why I'm jealous of you guys like Dave Smith and you, you guys are comedians, like it's just natural. But for me, it's not. But that's that's all it is. He sprinkles in entertainment, but he's got a lot of well-sourced, you'll be surprised, If you listen to him frequently, I think the problem is he is one of the biggest anti-establishment figures out there. And he's waking people up and he's pulling people out of these mainstream media sources. He's just like a Joe Rogan, you know, not the same style, but pulling people out of the machine. And the machine doesn't like that.
0: Well, the themes, I mean, even when I heard him on Rogan a little bit on global warming, I was like, all right, this guy, this guy, this guy's on point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Specifically on this one, because I don't follow the show. Mm -hmm. Like how, I guess, how deep was he going on the the Sandy Hook thing? For a little bit of context here, I got this guy, William Engdahl, who mm. I love. I read him. He puts out like an article once a month. I read him religiously. When he has the story right, no one else is giving you the perspective that he is. And he's got it down to a T. But I always fact, check, like he, he might point me in the direction of a story. I won't take what he's saying as fact because, for example, I read one of his books and he thinks that, oil is a renewable geological phenomenon and that they just lie to us that it's a scarce resource. That could be true. I have no way to validate that. I also I can't find it, but I seem to remember him also being on the Sandy Hook thing, not being real. A little bit more context for uh, for William Engdahl, though, and his brilliance. I wrote a paper on General Motors and he. I, when I was writing the paper and I was done with it, it was like a 50 page paper. I was a finance major. I don't know why I wrote such a long paper, but I found an article that he wrote and I was like, oh, this guy gets it like to a T. Everything he wrote in there was like everything I was seeing. And then I read the when I saw the date on the article, it was three years before General Motors collapsed. And I was like, oh, this guy's a fucking genius. And then I read one of his articles and he was talking about uh, um, he was talking about real politic and he was talking about um, uh, uh, Kissinger. And I was like, there can't be a villain like this. This can't be real. And then as I'm reading history, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was just true. So he, I've seen him be very right. I'm a little bit suspicious of everything. And I do. I can't find it now. If I looked on the Internet the other day, I seem to remember a couple of years ago skimming an article where he also had the perspective of uh, the, 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 the shootings uh, not, you know, being a hoax. So how, in your opinion, how, like, was that like a thing that Alex Jones harped on? And why do you think he got that mm-hmm. one so wrong?
1: no it was not something that he harped on what it, that thing blew up that that was a huge conspiracy theory I never got into it just never interested me like they like for some people so what happened is there was a lot of clips and you can still find them online Twitter and even that made things look kind of weird like there were weird clips doesn't mean it didn't happen but you know Alex Jones is that's his world is conspiracy so he looked at it and he talked about it i would say very not a lot not a lot i think one of the biggest things that happened was somebody called into his show that was deep down in it and alex jones didn't say no i think it's real so they out of all the stuff if you look at the trial i haven't been able to follow the trial because they've locked the video down and I, i think it's only out of one outlet releasing the video of the trial They didn't want law tube to get involved in nitpicking it and all that. But, um, it's about 30 minutes, I think, or 24 to 30 minutes of questionable, like where you're kind of hinting at it. Is it real or not type of stuff?
0: Yeah, But in the context of how much content he puts out and how ridiculous some of the things he says is, I just, and then also like if he's responsible for his listeners harassing those people, Like, why aren't politicians responsible? Like, then Trump should be responsible for January 6th. Maxine Waters should be responsible for her comments. Like, that's not, that that doesn't seem like a fair standard. Like, and so I I guess what are the particular damages that his words had against these people? Then also, and then if his words are hurtful, then all the people that republish them, why don't they bear some responsibility? It's like the family probably wouldn't have even, I I don't know, there's something, like, you're not the New York Times. You're not making Mm. statements of, record i don't know there's something i haven't fully flushed it out but there's just something goofy about it to me
1: oh no it's goofy uh here's what's happening and i i listen to viva free and robert barnes a lot i like robert barnes robert barnes he's the only other guy
0: i've seen who who likes chewing cigars i fucking love chewing cigars (laughs) i want to hang out with that guy
1: he seems like a cool dude man i wish he would be like ag one day or something but yeah i digress um no i think That it's a part of the reason that they're going after any dissident in the court system is to drain their resources. Right. They want to they want Alex Jones to have to sell his home, shut down his show, all that kind of stuff. And they don't
0: want you to be successful. They they want to punish people for being outside of the system because Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like the social credit score. It happens to all of us. I once had a friend who got in trouble at his job. I'm not going to give any more details than that guy got in trouble with his job with, with like the law and my first conversation, like he called me and I was like, cool, man, happy to help you. Like what happened? You sure you didn't do it? You sure? It's it sounds really weird to me that cops would just make this You're hundred percent. Really? You didn't do that. I mean, if you did, I'm not judging you. I'll help you. All right. Sounds like serious allegations. You probably really need to speak to a lawyer. Do you want me to find a good law? Like that was the conversation, but there's part of my brain that's just like, they couldn't have done him that dirty. And then mm-hmm. suit got suit got, they literally, they did him that dirty. They hundred percent wow. did him dirty. They made a claim that he did something at his job that he wow. did not do. And then that cop actually got in trouble. Cause like it was a whole thing, literally just fucking did him dirty. I'm not going to give any more context than that, but mm-hmm. we all have it. Then when the system turns against somebody, our initial thought is always like, well, you must've done something, you know what I mean? So it's like, and then when we see somebody get like just completely taken down, We all want to live good lives. So if you see like it's true, if you take Alex Jones and you literally leave him destitute, then you're making an example to everyone else that like, hey, you want to do this alternative content like here's where it ends. You know what I mean? They don't they don't want a successful person who made a career out of alternative content.
1: That's the message. And remember, Alex Jones is one of the first to get censored off of platforms. Fast forward, a former president who broke no laws is censored from platforms. So what happens to Alex Jones? You know, people say Alex Jones was right. There's T-shirts and all that. Alex Jones is ahead of the time. So what they do to him, they can do to everyone. Believe it or not, he cannot say anything about the First Amendment in his his defense. (laughs) It's crazy. Second part, you're talking about all the other people who are spreading information. They're blaming him for being the origin of the other information. That which is completely false. So right. they are kind of addressing that. They're saying, oh, yeah, all these people that were spreading stuff, it was because of you. It's crazy.
0: I also uh, – just two more things on this. I was watching a little bit of the trial, and I kind of felt bad for Alex because his lawyer um, didn't seem to be the slickest of lawyers. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to lose. I'm not saying that that guy's not a good lawyer. But I can kind of watch someone give a presentation and go, this guy's sharp, this person's not sharp. He didn't seem to be the best. Now, Alex Jones has money and he's got resources and he's a smart guy. So, you know, maybe there's something I'm not seeing. But I was like, then I heard Alex Jones outside of the courtroom. I was like, I wish Alex could just defend himself because he's so good. And he's like, so, like, he's he's the best. at it. like I mean, he's the best talker there fucking is. Like talk about a guy who can sell a story. I, I kind of felt bad that like it, 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 just think about Alex Jones in his head, knowing what he'd like to say, having to sit there silently and listen to his lawyer who's just kind of not doing the best job that's got to be a particular hell
1: yeah I don't know about the lawyer I haven't heard that I'm gonna dig for it after we're done but the scary part of this is the j6ers they couldn't find they, they had a hard time finding a good lawyer the last oh, resort don't want
0: to defend them
1: yeah I know I don't know if that's the case with Alex right. Jones but he's the same type of he's in that same lane and it's in Austin I mean this is not a place that's friendly to him. So th- th- it's scary because the judicial system is the last straw holding this whole thing together.
0: I like, wish uh, there's a great book by Charles Murray and I think it's called the Madison fund or something like that. He had a brilliant idea, which I wish someone would put into action. Maybe we like, I wish I was more famous. It would be great if like Rogan did this, but like if we all, if we publicly funded basically like the podcast or lawsuit fund and believe me, if Rogan threw that out there, And then there was, we would probably never have to use it. But if government knew, hey, there's a publicly funded a billion dollars, I mean, we probably wouldn't get to that point, $250 million available for lawyer fees for anyone that this podcasting fund views needs to go fight, that would shut them down. That's what shuts down the regulation, because you're right, they have the upper hand that they can afford. And by the way, you want to just talk about the injustice of injustices, You look at how good the United States government is at prosecuting people and the resources that are available for prosecuting people versus the resources that are put into public defenders. That story says it all. It's insane. It's really just insane. It's like if you're if you're relying on a public defender, you you might as well show up with your own folder in court like they don't have enough time. They don't have the resources. Mm -hmm. I'm not even saying that they're not good people. It's just Mm -hmm. and I've never experienced this, but from everything I understand, they're stretched thin. But then you look at when they want to prosecute somebody and my God, the resources that they have available.
1: It's insane. Yeah. I've never been in that personally, but I've seen the stories and heard it. Uh, this, that's a, that's a class thing. Uh, if you can't afford a a good lawyer or if there's social pressure for good lawyers to not defend you, uh, you are behind the eight ball.
0: Yeah. All right. One last thing is, uh, we were talking about people getting censored there was a headline that came up a couple of days ago that Hulu, under pressure from the Democratic Party, uh, was forced to take ad money to basically they didn't want to run any like political campaigns because uh, I guess they just they didn't want it on Hulu. They're Like, we don't want to get involved in this. And the Democrats put up such a stink about how that was censorship, that they need to be able to get out the stories about how Republicans are anti-abortion, that this, that or the next thing. Firstly, I was surprised because I think Hulu is owned by Disney and Disney seems to be very much on the what I would just say, deep state Democratic like side, just based off of like other actions that they've taken. But I did just also think it was so funny watching the Democrats complain about tech censorship, like the one way the one time it didn't go their way. You get to see how much like they're upset about these things.
1: Yeah, I saw that headline. I'm not uh, familiar with all the details, but um, I was surprised to see that, uh, that that Hulu was taking that stance. But of course, all they care about is power. So if you if you don't let them get their message out, you are you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in serious trouble. And we've talked about ESG before and how they can filter it down through that. Um, there's a lot of behind the scenes threats that could be made or hinted at.
0: All right, Osiris, it's been an absolute pleasure. Why don't you plug uh, the podcast and where everybody can find you?
1: What is good? Thank you. Thank you. Uh you can search on YouTube. You can search just like you see right here. S T U C K N D A M I D stuck in the mid. And you can find me on Twitter, uh, YouTube. Thanks a lot.
0: And then uh also I think you said you live Baltimore area, right?
1: No, oh Colorado.
0: Colorado. Oh, Summer report yeah. stories. You should come out for uh the last gig that we're doing, which is uh outside of Denver. I think uh uh spur ice i don't remember it's not far from uh denver it's like 40 okay. minutes outside of denver are you in that area or somewhere oh yeah totally oh, yeah. different I'm... colorado
1: oh no i'm close to denver yeah oh, oh what, hell yeah dude
0: the... you, you got to come out for some reports are you uh are you a pot smoker at all
1: no no but... not your
0: jam all right I, no. I would invite you to compete in the uh the smoke out bug out but it's, oh, just uh, <laughs> yeah you got you got to be you either got to be a good pot smoker or oh. you got to commit to being the guy who's uh it's a fun game basically the game is we four people smoke an ounce within an hour and Mm. i write a mixture of funny questions and then i take the harvard extemporaneous debate questions and we see how good people can bullshit when they're ridiculously stoned that's that's (laughs) that's that's the game that we play yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i've always always hung around people who smoke so it doesn't bother me at all yeah I'll, i'll definitely look into that
0: all right, no, come by. Uh, I'll I'll hit you with the date, and uh, yeah. you don't need to tick or anything. Show up, come hang out. It's gonna be a good time in uh, Forest Mommy's backyard, out of the forest, and uh, that's it, everybody. Summerport Story. We're at uh, Las Vegas this Saturday. More dates. Robbie the Fire. All right.